Welcome to another episode of Ojiabiala, an Igbo podcast. My name is Ifunaya, and I'm an Igbo learner just like you. And today, kicking off the first episode of season three, season three of this podcast series, we are going to dive into and explore a very, very interesting topic. So it's going to be a little bit different than our usual episodes that help to practice the Igbo language, but rather it is an episode, as we've done in the past, that explores a concept about Igbo culture and spirituality. Here to help us, we have a very special guest by the name of Chika Nabuike. He's a father, a husband, a brother, and also the CEO of Cardinal Group. He's also a graduate of industrial physics and master's in computer science, and he's actually a 21st century Debia. He's a man with many, many titles that I'll let him introduce himself, but he's also a super duper special guest that we are so, so fortunate to have here with us today. So, Chica, no, they will. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm Chica, like she have said. I'm a titled man. My title goes by you, Gabena Jan Kembo. Abo Gidin Kembo. You know, we as Igbos, we have titles. When we are titled men, we title in our paternal homes and we also title in our maternal homes. Makanandibos in Onyo Sotobal, Benia, or Banabi Punia. <laughs> nice. Welcome. And so the topic that we actually have today is about what in the Western world is known as dreadlocks and that some of you might have heard called in Nigeria dada. And so what seems like just a mere hairstyle actually has a lot more spiritual um, undertakings and spiritual meaning and Chica is has been so kind enough to talk with us more about that today. So I'll just jump right in and start with my first question, which is, so in the Western world, we call it dreadlocks or a lot of people, especially African-Americans in the U.S. now have a, a specific term of locks for a certain type of way of carrying the hair. I know that the word dada is actually Yoruba. And so I wanted to start by asking you, what is the Igbo word for this particular hair? Okay. Um, once again, thank you so much. Um, first, we want we need to understand that Igbos, we Igbos, we have uh, dialects as our different villages changes. So we have a different dialect for a particular word or a particular uh, thing we needed to identify with. Mm-hmm. When we talk about the dada, dada is the word dada is uh, actually a borrowed word from the Yoruba uh, clan. 
this is the uniqueness of Africa. We borrow words, we interchange ideologies, mm-hmm. and we still remain in the same path. Yeah. The word, the Dada issue has to be with a lot of dialects. From my own part, we call it Isiego. Mm. Isiego. In, in other part, like Eziago, they call it Ezemwa. Mm-hmm. In my part of Achi, in Enugu State, we call it Isiego. Different depending on how we move on the landscape. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have different names, but the word that has already has already predominated the the other existing names because we are Africans. This is a unique thing among us Africans, the dreadlocks. A man from Ghana has these dreadlocks. A man from Cameroon has these dreadlocks. Mm-hmm. A man from Nigeria has these dreadlocks. So why not we have a unifying name mm-hmm. for it? Thank you. So that answers our first question. In Igbo land, there are varying names for it, one of which he said is Isiegu, which kind of means the head of money or, or the hair of money. Yeah. And then yeah. Ezemwa is like uh, the, the king of a child? The king, the king child. The king yeah, child. Because we regard ones with this, that are these dreadlocks as ones who are blessed by the gods. Okay, we believe that these children who came to the world with these dreadlocks are often children that were blessed. They are with different level of uh, of uh, of blessing of our. So we we they are distant. They are great people. So we consider them great. So that's why they are called Ezemwa. That's why they are called the king child. Why that's why they are called Isiego. That is the hair of money or money hair. So um, it definitely means that these people, this set of people are different. Mm -hmm. They are not the same as every other child out there. Mm -hmm. And so uh, first let's talk about it because I feel like nowadays locks or dreadlocks or dada are things that people can wake up one morning and say that I want to lock my hair. But so these particular children, they are, can you explain what it means to be born with locks? Okay. Um, I, will, I will make an example. I will give an example using my second son. Mm-hmm. Uh, my second son is a dada. When he was three months old, mm-hmm. when the mother showers him and wanted to comb the hair, it becomes a problem. He cries uncontrollably. Mm-hmm. Over time, he became sick. We went to our hospitals. We did everything. But because I'm a Dibia, mm-hmm. I began to ask, what is the cause of this sickness? What has become the reason my son would not be okay? Mm-hmm. We, we Igbos, we have a way to communicate with the Astra. We have a way to, you know, to, to connect with the information on the Astra, with our Chi, with, our, with the gods and our ancestors which is a true the process of alpha, which I myself called a deep forensic analysis, mm-hmm. an astral forensic analysis. Now, when we go through alpha, we began to ask, why, why has it been that my son cannot rest? He's sick. We are going from one hospital to the other. Now, through this alpha, we knew that he became his dada, and he's, he don't want us to be combing, to be walking on the hair. Mm. Now, what do we do? We now accept this fact. And we came back and I said, son, we are sorry. 
for combing your hair all this while. <laughs> now, we want you to have your dread, live as you want it, and just be fine for us. The next day, he became all right. Mm. These things are difficult to explain. Mm-hmm. But the fact is that they exist. So that is it. So the, that, that issue is not something you wake up and want to do. Yes, in the, the, the grown ones can actually do that due to the beauty of it. Yeah. But the child who, born, who is born into the Dada cult, because this is a cult, a group, cult, it's a group. Before we understand the terms of the concept of Dada, we must understand the concept of Obanje. We must also understand the concept of Otu, because there is Otu Otu Dada, Otu Obanje. Now, this Otu, is is a group of set of souls that have this dada. They are some are living, some are in the underworld. So a child who bears this dada are being roped. They, they at night when he sleeps, this dada, these members of this group comes at night to tie up this dada to lock it up the more. That's why when they sleep at night in the morning, they become more locked up on it. Mm-hmm. So it's something that we cannot explain from the principle of the physical gross material earth. Mm. We must understand it from the spiritual aspect. Mm. <laughs> so let me just take it back a moment. So children who are born and their hair just naturally locks up and basically like dreadlocks, you're saying that they're part of a group and is this group consists of both people in the world of living and also spirits? Okay, you can agree with me that all souls, there are souls who are old than there are new souls created. Mm-hmm. That's the reason why a child of 10 years can actually think that like a man of 40. Mm-hmm. Why one of 40 can actually think like a man of five. Mm-hmm. There are souls who are old than there are new souls. Mm-hmm. So the, to, the, to, to connect this to the group of Dada, like I said, every Dada that was born into it is a member of this group, a group, a spiritual group of souls who came to earth that are part, what they identify with is that dreadlocks. Oh, that's how they identify themselves. That's how they identify themselves coming into earth is because that dreadlocks is the identification, is the ID card, is the identity card of being member of the Dada group. You cannot be a member of that group without your ID. <laughs> Which your ID is your, your dreadlocks. But okay, so then what exactly does it mean to be a member of this group? So, for example, um, and a topic that I'm really excited and hoping to cover soon is like Umwada. Uh, so those... If we talk about that group as an example, there's particular rights that they have, particular issues that they take that, you know, are brought to them, that they are the ones who make a decision on, that they put their input on. This particular group, Dada, what is their calling? What is their purpose? What is their mission? Like, what is it about Dada? First, we must understand there are, there are kids born with special abilities. Okay. Most of these dadas, some goes on to be a prophet, some mm-hmm. goes on to be a dibia, some goes on to be the best in trade and commerce, some goes on 
to be uh, the best in education, in science and technology. It means whatever field they find themselves in. And being a data, it enables them, it amplifies them to become the best in what they do. Mm. They are just unique, super endowed set of, set of souls that excel in everything they go into. I see. So their, their concept, their purpose is to become super successful in whatever thing they lay their hands on. Mm-hmm. So, so we can understand that coming to earth, either him wanting to be a musician, he is going to be the best. Mm-hmm. When he becomes a, um, a storekeeper, he becomes the best. Mm-hmm. They came to earth with a distinct gift in every aspect of their life, in every sector of where they want to endeavor going forward in their journey on earth. They have super, super successful career in everything they do. So the, that's why the, the, the set of data is not so many. It is one among 10 kids or one, one among 100. Mm-hmm. The ratio is not so high. Yeah. Because they are blessed people. Mm-hmm. So that is their role. And so they come in and whatever they take up, they have, they're able to be super successful in it. But is there any other, like maybe spiritual special abilities that they have or extra abilities that they have being a part of the specific group? Yeah, in the spiritual aspect, a, a, a dada, it's quite difficult to hurt a dada person spiritually because they have a set, these are set of people who has powers to do things. For example, let's put it this way. It is easier to attack a non-dada person spiritually and have success than a dada person. Because they have a strong spiritual backing. They have strong spiritual wall. Mm-hmm. They have a very strong spiritual blockage. But it is very difficult to get to them. It is also very difficult to steal away their spiritual gifts. Mm. Non, not, lo- not like the average person, average human, who is not a dada. So for real, they, they, they have spiritual advantage mm-hmm. because it is a group, a very strong group spiritually that fights for their own. Mm, okay. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And so one thing that I, I know sort of when we talk about things like Obanje is this idea of them coming and going into the world and almost like the spirits kind of telling them to return home for people who are a part of the Dada group. It doesn't seem like there's this spiritual pull for them to come back to the spirit world in that same way. Would you agree? Would you say this is a misinterpretation or what do you have to say in terms of that? Yeah, um, the fact is Igbo Adenana, the Igbo cosmology is quite vast and it takes uh, a few who are given the mantle to become a Dibia to understand some aspects of Ibordena. Okay. Um, when you look at this question, 
not every Obanje Yase returns and comes. There are aspects, there are factors, there are tribes. Mm. We have tribes. There are tribes in Obanje. And there are tribes whose mission is not just to come and go. There are tribes whose mission is to come when they come. For example, there are ladies who are Obanje who their tribe permits, never permits them like they can never be a second wife for no reason. Mm-hmm. There are Obanje who's, so it's so in Dada. So there are Obanje, Dada Obanje that cannot, that doesn't really go. You understand? So it depends on the tribe. Because so it is above, so it is below. Mm-hmm. So the pres- that, 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 that is when we come in about the duality of life. Nothing is just one way. There are two ways in everything. Mm-hmm. So there are most dadas mostly do not really return to mm-hmm. the land of the dead. Okay, why? Because this is their tribe and their kind of tribe doesn't really do this kind of thing. Okay. So and this so, is their own oath to life. Hmm. Okay. Then there are dadas Certain tribe in this dada, Obdoto Obanje dada, there is this tribe in them that also goes home. Mm-hmm. You understand? So it depends on the tribe. It's more like, as we are in 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 um, in Igbo land, there are the Abajas, there is Abuenus, there is the the Wawas. But at the end of the day, we end up being Igbos. Mm-hmm. The Igbo. So, being in the Igbo, because why the in the dead shows that we have other tribes in us, not just tribes, but many other parts of us. So that's why in Dada, tribe of Dada, there are different tribes in the Dada, one Dada, two Dada. There are tribes, there are tribes who came to stay. There are tribes who can actually go. Depends on the oath as a child took before coming. There are people who took oath on their way that they cannot reach to it. So we must understand the duality of life in all these things. Mm-hmm. Which is just it's um <laughs> it's funny because the proverb that I say at the end of every episode is <laughs> which definitely um draws on the importance of duality. Yeah. Exactly. But so question for you. So I hear you say Ubanje Dada. And what exactly does that mean? Is that Ubanje Dada is a specific tribe of Dada? And if so, are they the ones that go and come back who have a different type of oath? Or what exactly does it mean to say that? Well, first, we must understand that Obanje is uh, is a general term for other souls. Okay. Oh. Now, uh, in this in this Obanje, there's a tribe. There could there is when we say about that that there is also a, that 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 comes that go comes and goes. Mm-hmm. You understand? So it not it's not something that is very static. Mm-hmm. The the, that's why in Igbo spirituality, we must be conscious of how we live so that we don't return in a certain way. Mm-hmm. You understand? So um, when we talk about Otu Obanje Dada, it is a tribe of Obanje, which is Dada tribe. Mm-hmm. You understand? Mm-hmm. So now we, we must see from the point 
that there are people who would not, because of their old oaths, which we called Inyuwa. Inyuwa. Yeah. This is a very important factor in defining these factors of Dada and Obanje. Okay. Those, this particular Inyuwa determines the way a soul makes his journey to earth. There are situations where a soul has an Inyuwa that he will die on his first birthday. You cannot change that. You understand? Mm-hmm. Unless, although in Igbo or the Nana, we have a way of averting this particular effort, this particular death, okay? Even for the Obanjes that comes and goes, there are rituals on how we make them to stay. You understand? So, yes. you must understand that Inuwa plays a very important role in determining if this Obanje is going home or if it is staying. So, uh, it depends on the Inuwa. Mm-hmm. Inuwa plays a very important role in everything we, our journey, our stay, and our going here from this earth. Uh, with the Inuwa, uh, this is where souls still try to meet up with the path they signed upon coming. Mm-hmm. You know, in Igbo cosmology, we believe there is a gatekeeper called Abuakalete. Mm-hmm. Now, when souls, be it Obanje, be it whoever you are, when you are coming, there's a path you sign. When your chi and your aneke meets up, there's a soul you sign. This soul is kept on your palms when yes. the soul is coming to earth. When it gets to this gatekeep between the land of the dead and the land of the living, this is so our, our cosmology believed so, mm-hmm. you are meant to reach a path with Abuakalete that you, this person is going to return, this soul is going to return in the morning, is going to return at the afternoon or evening or at night. The morning determines that you're going to, the person is going to die early. In the afternoon, it determines the person is going to die in, you know, mid-age, is going to die in later stages, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. There are situations where people make parts where they, when immediately they are born, they are going to die. Mm-hmm. You understand? So these parts, that is why in Igbo cosmology, in Odinani Igbo, whenever a child is born, within that first four days of his birth, we do what we call afago. Afago is more like tamis, what we call tamis in this recent time. In, in Spanish, I don't know what it's called in English anyway. It's a, <laughs> this medical procedure when kids after birth, they go to this medical checkup to check their system, what they're going, that kind of stuff. We do that in Igbo Adinana, in our own ancient ways. We run what we call afago. Afago determines this helps us to have a forensic view of what a child is going to be. This is where we determine if a child is going to die early, if it's going to die late. If it's going to be a child that will die early, there are, pro- there are rituals we practice in Igbo Adinana. Where we find, we begin to look for the Inyowa. We will bring it out from the earth eh? and make another new path for the child. Mm. This enables the child to live as long as he or she wants. As long as, as Chukwokike wants him to want him or her to live. This is not now the path he signed while coming. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So we Inuwa plays a very important role in determining the the concept, the death, the living of a dada and no one to dada. Mm-hmm. Okay, so 
have uh, so many questions now. My first so question is, <laughs> my first question is, what are other names of the different tribes in Dada? And then my second question is, this oath that you know we sign when we come to this earth, like <laughs> how? I'm just trying to wonder who would want to sign an oath that oh. I'm going to come for a day and then I'm leaving. Like what, <laughs> how do we decide or sign on to a particular oath versus another, if that makes sense? So sorry, those are two separate questions. Okay. Um, the first, the tribe of an Obanje, or let's say, in the broader shoulder, the tribe of an Ofedada, is determined from the attributes and the characteristics of that Dada. You mm. understand? Like I, I used the tribe of women who do not permit to to be to have them two in a home. That is where their own dada. That is where their own obanje, their own their own tribe has these characteristics. Not what like the name have, of that tribe. Not like we we have name for it. We oh. identify them by their characteristics. Okay. Though there there are obanje and there are banjos or there are banjo those places. But inside these obanjes. There are still there are banje that there is obanje nuana there is obanje still in all those things there are still tribes inside them sets you understand which yeah. are being identified by their characteristics which are being identified by their attributes what they do mostly you understand okay so not we don't really have a name for those sets okay but we identify them by their characteristics through afa. Through Afago, through Afa, we can tell when you have a Robanje Bediona, no Barobanje Diona, that he had his Robanje of this sort. You understand? Mm -hmm. So, coming to your second question about uh, how do we want to determine the Inyowa and to take out? Okay, sometimes you have seen situation where we, some people come to earth, they suffer, maybe they marry, they marry the wrong man, the man beat them up, the man deal with them. The man treat them in all sort of manners. But and on this process, they can't process it. On their way dying, they make a certain proclamation, they make a certain decision. Ah, in my in her next word, I will not marry a man. It becomes an oath. Oh. So in in her reincarnation, in her coming back to earth, when she gets to that abata, the living and the death. They will bring his her part. They will tell her in your last life, or maybe they will just give her give it to her in her palm. She will go and come <laughs> to earth. Then when she gets to the time of marriage, no man will come. Will anyone that will want to come, it will break up everything, will, you know, mm -hmm. will fall it will, will, will fall through. She will not she will not be able to get married, she will not be able to have a home. Now people come, they will be moving from one church to the other. Without understanding, they already made a decision that coming to this new this new journey, that you're not going to marry. Mm -hmm. No amount of sacrifice, no amount of prayer, no amount of fasting can change that. Mm. The only thing can, that can change that is to begin to remake that particular decree, which is the oath. I have a cousin. I'll give you an example again. I have a cousin. His name is Chibike. Chibike is a wonderful boy. He was born and when he was young, and when he was, I think, one year, two years, when a child begins to eat hard foods, mm -hmm. when they give him food made of 
chicken. He will get sick mm. and they will take him to hospital. And he will vomit everything he ate. We began to wonder, what is the problem? Why has he been so bad? Whenever he eats, problem. We begin to ask questions. Mm-hmm. If you give him, at his age, one year, if you give him egg, boiled egg, he will never eat it. If you give mm-hmm. him fried egg, he will never eat it. When he became two or three, if he, come, if he comes home and you prepare chicken with one plate or one it with a pot, he will tell you authoritatively, Mommy, you, you prepared chicken with this and I'm not going to eat it. <laughs> we thought it was just a, a boy trying to be you know, autocratic or to be, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. He became, growing up with it, we began to ask questions. We went to Alpha, and then we realized that his Onyowa, that is, his Onyowa is the highest Dibia of our place then, of their side then. And he died because he took bribe of a fowl mm. to settle a case of land among a poor and the rich. Mm-hmm. He took a fowl from the rich and passed it upon the rich, upon the poor, and gave the land to the rich. On his way home, he got on the way and he failed. His the deity that his, he he venerates because we don't we don't worship deity. We don't worship any alose. We venerate them. The deity he venerates killed him on his way home for taking bribe. So while he was dying, he make a decree. He make a decree and sworn oath. That in his next world, he's never going to eat anything made of fowl. Since fowl was the problem that led him into this thing. <laughs> Till date, that boy is now a big, is one of his, the carrier, is the, is the, he is the custodian of our journey, of, of his people. He is the, one of the greatest Dibia ever lived. The boy, I'm telling you, is just around 22 now. Wow. So, what, what I'm saying is, we have carryovers. The sins you won't commit. So, it's a carryover, but let's not digress. Let's not go to another aspect. The <laughs> point I'm trying to say is the concept of the living, the, the idea of how Ogbanje or a dada is going to live on it is solely determined by the inyowa he had. Yeah. Okay. That's the point. Thank you. And so then my next question to you is, I know that... You kind of alluded to this at first when you talk, talked about your son and combing his hair was a big problem at first. Yeah. I believe that there's a ceremony or, for example, you can't just cut a child with Dada. You can't just cut his or her hair anyhow. Well, first of all, Dada can be can be male or female, correct? Yeah. My sister, my other sister is a Dada. I am not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so I know that you can't just cut off their hair, but rather there's a process to it. Can you elaborate on that process and why it exists? Yeah. Most of the times we consider Otudada as Otuma as, as kids, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why most of the times when they sleep, you see them laugh, play while they're sleeping. Okay. <laughs> You see these kids, they play, they touch their head while they sleep, they laugh. Sometimes you see them cry. Because mm-hmm. some of their mates would have, you know, somewhat fought them in the dream or something. <laughs> but before you cut a, such a child of a dada, um, when things we are things, when things are the way they are, there are certain processes recognized 
that must be affected before the data must be cut. Mm-hmm. But you know, over time, things are changing. But Adenanibu remains Adenanibu. Cutting data, personally, if you are at, if you are residing within the cycle of our Igbo enclave, you have to buy gifts, you have to buy coconut, you have to perform the washing of the hair with coconut, you have to, it's called saraka in general, okay? Yes. So the things we buy, we buy, we can prepare food, you call the kids, as many as you can, okay. you understand? And you're going to buy a big gift for the big man or the big girl you're going to call the dada. Okay. And this dada, you don't just, most of us in Igbo, Igbo people, we tend to call this dada when they are one year. But this is not the real, the actual or the nana. Mm. The actual or the nana is when this child wants you to cut it. Mm. Okay? So, for example, my, my son would always bring comb and put his in, in his dada. Oh. So these are signs. They begin to show you signs. They will take your hands and to hold it and tell you to scratch it. They will, you know, they'll begin to show you signs. And one funny thing about them, what to say about it is, most when when you see how spiritual this thing is, mm-hmm. a woman in her in her period in her menstrual cycle, mm-hmm. when it touches a male dada, he will immediately remove her hand from her head. Immediately, <laughs> it's a trigger. It's spiritual. Okay. Mm-hmm. So now back to the cotton of it. They will show you signs. They'll begin to hold your hands there. They'll begin to use comb on it. They'll begin to try to drag it. Then you know that he's ready. It's time. Mm-hmm. Now, cutting it, you're not taking him away from this group. Okay. But rather, you are trying to tell them that he is old enough to make his own decision. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That's why you give them gifts. You do saraka to recognize the kids. You understand? Mm-hmm. So, this you buy him one of the best things he loves. <laughs> if he loves... um. Depending why your child grows, you look at him and you know what he loves. Yeah. Like my child, I know he loves the the the, the toys like the cars, the piano. <laughs> so I got him a big piano. I know he loves music. Mm-hmm. So, and I told him tomorrow I'm going to cut your hair. Mm-hmm. And that day I called him, come and cut your hair. He came, he sat, I cut his hair, he didn't cry. Wow. This is unique. This is beautiful. Yeah. So but when you cut them without those rituals, mm-hmm. you find out this child begins to sick, sick, sick. Mm-hmm. Some actually dies from it. Mm-hmm. So that is a, that is the process. The process is the Saraka process. There is a ritual. Okay, so is that what it's, it's called, Saraka? Yeah, that includes sweet things. That include the 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 sugar, the sweet things, the the candies, the chocolates, and prepare the rice and the, the refreshments all those stuff yeah you call the kids and they pray they touch him and pray you know it's a unique ritual practice mm-hmm. and so when they're praying or they're like touching is it basically a way of talking to his like his group basically yeah. informing them of what's about to happen yes yeah we, you, you tell them that we are about to cut the hair mm-hmm. and we are not calling to cutting it to cut him out. We're mm-hmm. not cutting it to kill him. We're mm-hmm. cutting it for him to be unique. You know, you pray, you talk about what you want your child to be. 
That is the moment. Yes, As a father, that is the moment. Sometimes they determine who cuts the hair, not because you are a father. No, really? they might they might they might say no, it's mama. Mm, okay. So okay. it doesn't really matter. What matters is who they decide cuts the hair. I see. And so when the hair is cut, what happens to it? Like what's done to it? Now speaking about what to do to the hair, it depends. Like I said, each people. There's what we call the nana. There's what we call the other nana. If in the nasa, there is what we call the nana or the bende. Now, every why we say or the bende nana or the bende is that every clan, every village has a particular way of interpreting that or the nana. That being said, after the hair is, has been cut, after the you have shaved off the hair, for my own part, the best way was to burn it or grind it, mix it with the cream of the child. And rub the child those hair for whatever time he felt sick. You understand? So that is it. So it there are many ways to still handle it, even the, from the same clan. You can actually burn it and bury it on the on the earth, or you can actually grind it and put it in the cream while the child rubs it whenever she or he is sick. Oh wow! Okay, so what to do with the hair? varies based off of the communities and their particular beliefs. But so going back to the prayer or the conversation that is had or, you know, given when cutting the hair, would you mind giving an example of what that is or like what your own prayer when you were cutting your son's hair was in Igbo? Okay. You first of all, you first of all You begin to call the energies. You know what is it to offer, right? Yes, it's basically like um like when you're calling them praise of their name. Yeah, it to be Like my son, I used to call him Igada de Namwa. You know, him names. Yeah. You praise him. Mm-hmm. Why you do that? After that, you put with the food. You got that. Everyone did gayly, ni gayly tendo. Omaz, no kwa oto mo to dada oto omaz. Isi fa no kwa omaz. Ni wata kweri vihi oto. Ni wata kweri hi olili. You know? Mm-hmm. You, you some most most people kill goat for it. Mm-hmm. Some can kill fowl for it. Wow. You know, prepare the food with fowl and with, with chicken and all that. 
So, which is which I also uh, tell people like my own. I celebrated it. I called people. I put them canopy because mm-hmm. I'm a deep. Mm-hmm. So I should celebrate it. Yeah. So after that, the kids will touch him, pray, and you begin to cut the hair. And so on that note, we will actually just pause right here. I think this is a great time for the listeners to take a moment, see what Igbo they understood in that beautiful prayer that was just given, as well as take some time to go back to their parents, their grandparents, their custodians of the Igbo culture, and find out a little bit more about what they know about Dada. We will continue more with Chika on this subject in part two, so please stay tuned and listen further. But so as we conclude every episode, Ebo to Ihenku, Ihon Zokuwa, Nakukuya. Nguano, see you all in part two of this episode. <laughs> <laughs>